You're listening to Intuition and Fruition, Episode 4. Welcome to Intuition and Fruition, where we talk all about how to get in tune with our gut feelings so we can create big changes in our own lives. I'm your host, Shelby Burns. I'm a content creator, dreamer, and 20-something that is just starting to figure things out. One thing I know for sure is how much easier my life has gotten since going with my intuition. So let's grab a coffee, sit down, and figure this out together. Welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, welcome. If you've been listening for the past couple of months while I've been starting this out, thank you so much. I love you and appreciate the support. As a noob in the podcasting world, your support means so much. So if you like this episode or have been enjoying the previous ones, please share this with your friends. Tag me on social media. You can find me at Shelbs Says, two S's in the middle, on TikTok or Insta. And please, if you can, give this a review on Apple Podcasts. So I actually didn't know if I would ever do any solo episodes. To be honest, I feel like it makes me feel like I have imposter syndrome, giving people advice when I'm also trying to figure things out myself. That's kind of why I loved interviewing people as well, just because you're not only getting my advice and my perspective, but someone else's advice that may have already reached this certain level of success already. I also just think it's really helpful to get a perspective from someone that's going through similar things as you. And that is why today I really want to talk about how to listen to your gut feelings and how you know if you're following them or following something else. And I feel like the hardest time in life to figure out what your gut feelings are actually telling you is around college or graduating college because during this time you're either figuring out what your major should be what your job should be when you're getting close to graduating, where you should be moving, are you on the right career path? Like, it's stressful. Like, I remember my senior year of college towards, uh, I don't know, closer to graduation, everyone was starting to get interviews every week. People were getting flown across the country for them. They're starting to get job offers. They were knowing where they were going. And I was very torn between what I wanted to do. One part of me really wanted to move to New York City get an office job, go into technology, which honestly was just not meant for me at all. I'm a very creative mind. And the other part of me wanted to be a ski bum for the year and move out west and find a cute cabin and make a bunch of friends and sort of just let everything fall into place after having some time to think about what I wanted to do. And this is the moment when I really started to hear my intuition speak to me. I started realizing that there was a huge difference between what your gut feeling was telling you and the thoughts that you have running in your head. And our mind is like a computer. Whatever impression that society leaves on us or whatever judgments of yourself or false beliefs that you have of yourself, it's stored up there. Rhonda Byrne describes this in her book, The Greatest Secret, perfectly. She says, when your mind tries to speak on your behalf, remember that your voice in your head is not you. Your mind is not even an actual entity but a process, a mechanical process. It's just made up of thoughts, and the thoughts it produces are coming from programs formed by your beliefs and held in your subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is the storehouse of our beliefs, memory, personality traits, automatic processes, and habits, and its operation is no different from that of the computer. It's completely mechanical. 
Your subconscious mind receives information from the conscious mind, which is your thinking mind, and it accepts all the data that thinking mind puts into it. The subconscious mind doesn't discriminate with any of the information coming into it, but instead accepts everything that the thinking mind believes is true. So what that basically means is that our mind is recycling these beliefs that we have stored in our head. Do I sound crazy yet? I really hope this is making some sense. So in order to combat this, you need to start becoming aware to what's actually going on with your thoughts. The first step is simply just awareness. So I'm going to say one more quote from Rhonda Byrne. She says, The first step is when we understand that our thoughts create our life. What you think is what manifests. You won't have the life you want if you give your attention to thoughts of what you don't want. And you will have the life you want if you give your attention only to thoughts of what you do want. When you understand this fully, you will become aware of your thoughts. And it puts you well on the path of awakening because your awareness of your thoughts not only stops you from believing negative thoughts, but it means you are becoming more aware. So one of the first things that you can do for yourself to start hearing your gut and intuition more compared to all of the overwhelming thoughts in your head is just trying to become more aware. And it's so funny, once you start practicing it, you'll realize that your life kind of feels like you're on cruise control on the highway. This is the simplest way that I can describe what I'm talking about, which basically means everything just starts coming to you way easier. When I started following my gut, things seriously just fell into place left and right. So back to my story of when I was graduating college, I decided to move out west because I asked for a sign, which was if I got the job that I wanted, I would take it as a sign that I should move out west and be a ski instructor for the year. I immediately got two job offers. I found the apartment of my dreams that was on my vision board. It's such a cute little mountain home. I had a blast. I've made a lot of great connections. I lost my job, which was the biggest blessing in disguise because it actually made me follow what I wanted to do, which was content creation. And it's just been really fun, and I can't imagine how much harder my life would have been if I tried going on a different route just because I thought it was what I was supposed to be doing. And before I decided this, my life did not feel like I was on cruise control. My life felt the exact opposite. Every single tiny decision was hard for me to make. And if you listen to my first podcast with Haley Hoffman-Smith, we talk about this in that when you're not going with your gut, even the tiniest things are hard, such as when you're going out to eat with your friends and it just takes you 30 minutes to just read the menu and decide if you want the chicken or do you want the steak. Like you're actually not contemplating this hard over such a tiny thing. Your intuition is trying to tell you that you're really not on the right path right now, which is making it hard to make a decision on anything. So if this sounds like you right now, where you just cannot make decisions, I challenge you not to accept yourself as being an indecisive person and listen to this. You just need to quiet your inner roommate. Please just keep listening. I know I sound like a crazy person right now, but hopefully this will start to make sense. So basically there are two parts to you. Your awareness in what Michael A. Singer from Untethered Soul calls this the inner roommate, the part of you that never shuts up. He quotes, you first have to realize you've been locked in there with a maniac. In any situation or circumstance, your roommate could suddenly decide, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk to this person. You would immediately feel tense and uncomfortable. Your roommate can ruin anything you're doing without a moment's notice. It could ruin your wedding day or even your wedding night. The part of you can ruin anything and everything, and it generally does. Now, I love this part. He says, 
the way to catch on to what your inner roommate is really like is to personify it externally. Make believe that your roommate, the psyche, has a body of its own. You do this by taking the entire personality that you hear talking to you inside and imagine it as a person talking to you on the outside. Just imagine that person is now saying everything that your inner voice would say. Now spend a day with that person. You've just sat down to watch your favorite TV show. The problem is, you have this person with you. Now you'll get to hear the same incessant monologue that used to be inside, except it's sitting next to you on the couch talking to itself. Did you turn the light off downstairs? You better go check. Not now. I'll do it later. I want to finish watching the show. No, do it now. That's why the electrical bill is so high. You sit there in silent awe, watching all of this. Then, a few seconds later, your couchmate is engaged in another dispute. Hey, I want to get something to eat. I'm craving some pizza. Now you can't have pizza now. It's too far of a drive. But I'm hungry. When will I get to eat? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have a really hyperactive mind, and this just made me think, holy shit, my inner roommate is the most annoying person ever. So I think one really great way to start figuring out what your intuition is and what it isn't is starting to understand the concept that Michael A. Singer is talking about with having a roommate inside of your head. So there's sort of two parts to this and to kind of calm your inner roommate. The first part is to become aware of this concept, become aware that there's kind of two parts to you. There's like your thoughts that you create and there's your awareness and actually who you are. So Whenever your mind starts to feel really overwhelming, you should really recognize that that's not you. And the best way to calm it is to really just observe it. Observe your thoughts and why you might be thinking this way. And just remember, you don't always have to react on it. So again, the first step is kind of just be aware. Um, observe why you might be thinking a certain way. Just observe your thoughts and kind of let them flow. Don't hang on to them, but just observe it and let it go. So my next piece of advice is to make your inner roommate your best friend. Think about how you typically react to yourself in a day. It could be your appearance when you wake up in the morning, if you feel guilt about checking your phone too many times, maybe you're kicking yourself for not being as productive as you would have liked. Now I want you to think of how you would talk to your best friend about these issues. Would it be the same way that you think or talk to yourself? Just remember, you are stuck thinking constantly in your head, so you might as well try to become aware of how you're thinking and make that roommate your best friend. I really truly believe that having a good headspace has a huge effect on your intuitive process, how easily you can tap into this versus feel like you have a block or you're stuck. I want to take a break from today's podcasting episode for a brief message from today's sponsor. If you're like, wow, Shelby, you already have a sponsor and you just started podcasting, it's because it's my mom. Thank you, mom, for buying my podcast microphone and supporting my podcasting dreams. If you notice, my audio has gotten much better between now and the rest of this episode. It's because I just got my podcast mic and I'm so excited to have better quality audio. So thanks, mom. So I've decided to do a question and answers section for this podcast episode since I'm not interviewing anyone else besides just talking today with myself. I had a little Q&A Instagram story a week ago asking you guys to send me in some questions and I'll be answering some of those right now. 
So I got a few questions about manifesting and someone actually reached out today on TikTok about it and I really liked their question. Nathan said, I've never really understood manifestation. Does it do something or is it just your hard work that you put in? So I think it's both. When I think of working on manifesting something, I think of being in my flow state. And what this means is that I'm creating thoughts and feelings that align with what I want to receive. And it's scientifically proven that our thoughts are actual energies. So if you're creating a negative thought or a positive thought, they both have different frequencies. So if you're in a high vibe state, you're going to attract things that are also in a high vibe state and vice versa. Another way of thinking about this is when you wake up and your alarm didn't go off or you press snooze and you're running late for a morning, the rest of your day becomes so hectic. And I like to think of that as manifesting what you didn't want because it's just you have this bad energy in the morning and you can't let it go. So more and more negative things just keep coming up. And of course, you have to put in the hard work to manifest things too. You can't just sit there and let's say, I want to be a content creator and be paid for it, but I don't actually put in the work. It's not going to happen. Your thoughts, your energies, your emotions, they all have to align to be able to attract what you want. The next question had to do with me being a content creator and how I live off of it. One of the main sources of income that I make is through brand partnerships as a content creator, and I look for brands that totally align with who I am and what I do. I try to aim for maybe four or five brand partnerships a month, and then on top of this, I also sell presets. So when I edit my photos, a lot of people reach out and ask me how I edit my photos, and I actually have my own presets that I've created, and I have an Etsy shop for that. I also create my own art and sell Skater Girl stickers and t-shirts. I also make an income from affiliate marketing, which is another way to work with brands and earn a commission. Another common way that content creators make money for themselves is teaching others their craft. So people will do one-on-one coaching, they'll create workbooks, guides, group classes, you name it. Um... A lot of this stuff you can't learn by going to college, so learning from others is super, super valuable, and I'm actually working on creating my own guide myself, going through how I started becoming a content creator, how I'm growing, how I'm pitching to brands to get brand partnerships, how I'm starting affiliate marketing. So yeah, it's exciting stuff. Um, It's a really great way to make side income. So yeah, unless you are a really, really popular influencer content creator, You got to get creative and you kind of have to have multiple ways of having income flow to you. I also just want to put it out there that I'm not yet fully reliant on just my content creation income. I'm also babysitting and also working at a ski shop. So I'm doing a bunch of random things to make it all come together right now. Lauren reached out and she asked me, what are your favorite books for business or self-development? I definitely recommend the two books that I've talked a lot about in this podcast, which was Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer and The Greatest Secret by Rhonda A. Burns. Finance-wise, I really recommend The Financial Diet. It is just, it just breaks down everything so simply and I just, yeah, I really recommend it. A book that I just bought that I'm really excited about reading that has to do with business and entrepreneurship is The 4-Hour Workweek. This was recommended by my friend Adrian. 
I would classify him as a professional side hustler and digital nomad. He's currently living van life. And Adrian, if you're listening to this, I hope you come on the podcast soon. The next question I got is, do you script or journal? If so, what do you do for scripting? So I actually recently just heard about this concept scripting, which I love. Scripting seems to be a really fast way to achieve your manifestations. And this is why basically when you script, it's like writing your story out on how you want your life to be. So instead of always meditating now, I will do self-hypnosis, which sounds really crazy, but it's literally just visualization on what you want to manifest and how you want to feel in your future dream life and what you want it to look like. By scripting or writing out your story of your dream life, it's going to make it seem that much more real when you sit down and visualize that. It just makes things feel so emotional for me and real. So I highly recommend you look into scripting and uh, visualization or self-hypnosis. It's, um, it's pretty crazy stuff. The next question is, how did you make the leap and decide to travel across the country alone? I want to travel and move somewhere after college, but I'm scared to move away from my family. I say that if you have this gut feeling and you want to move and travel somewhere after college, you just have to follow that. I think the biggest piece of advice that you should take is that nothing is permanent, and if you really, really hate it, you can always go back home and be closer to your family. You can't always have that chance of just coming out of college and having not a super large amount of responsibilities on your plate to just drop everything and move across the country. So for me, it was kind of like a now or never type of deal. Um, I highly recommend doing this out of college just because you will grow so much and learn about yourself. I cannot even begin to express how grateful I am to have made that leap because I just have grown so much as an individual, especially living alone. I've just, I've learned so much about myself. I'm like getting choked up talking about it. But yeah, basically moving away from your family isn't the end of the world. You can always visit. You can always come back home. They can visit you. There's FaceTime and it's just an excuse to travel more. Okay, the next question is, how do you travel on a budget? I feel like since I live in California now, there's such a vast amount of different environments to explore and such a short amount of land. <laughs> like, I could drive 40 minutes from my house where I live. There's snow on the ground currently and big mountains and I'm by a lake in 40 minutes west I will see palm trees and it'll be 70 degrees so I feel like it looks like I'm traveling a lot farther than I am but currently I've been keeping it fairly local just because of COVID and also just because of budgeting so I aside from traveling and road tripping to more local areas I go camping and I use the website freecampsites.com a lot you can find really good free camping areas you can look up BLM land I bought a camp stove and we bring a cooler when I go tra like traveling or camping and I cook and eat everything in that cooler and do not go out to eat. So basically the only extra expense isn't food or a place to stay, but just gas. 
Also, I try to align a brand partnership when I'm going on a road trip. That way it can cover the expenses and more. So if I'm going to a hot spring camp trip, I will try to reach out to a brand around then because not only will I make money on that trip, but I'll also be able to create really fun and exciting content as well for a brand that's different from where I live. Next question is, what do you normally eat in a day, whether it's healthy meals or snacks? So, I am pretty much completely gluten and dairy-free, and that's because I won my skin. I've had a battle with really severe eczema growing up, all the way up through college, and it's been really frustrating, and I've noticed a massive difference in my skin since cutting out gluten and dairy, but aside from that, just the way I feel in my energy levels skyrocket when I'm not having those inflammatory foods. There's definitely other inflammatory foods out there that I would consider cutting out, but for now, that's definitely enough for me. I try to stay away from gluten-free alternatives and really just eat as little processed things as possible. So whether that's uh, meat or fresh vegetables or fresh fruit or um, rice, I try to stick to as unprocessed foods as possible. I would like to go more plant-based, maybe not completely vegan, but only eat meat from places that are sustainably sourced. But right now, just cutting out gluten and dairy has been a lot for me. So maybe in the next year or two, I see myself going plant-based. And the last question, someone asked me if I could go more in depth on... I can't say that word, depth. Depth depth on my sustainable and conservation practices. So if you follow me on Instagram or read my blog or watch me on TikTok, you might know that I do this thing called Sustainable Sundays where I try to share easy sustainable tips and brands with you. That way it just seems a lot less intimidating. My first piece of advice is whenever you're using a product, let's say it's a bottle of lotion, I replace products with a sustainable alternative when I run out of them. For example, if I ran out of shampoo or conditioner, I would then go to the shampoo and conditioner bar. If I ran out of a bottle of lotion, then I would go to a shampoo or a lotion bar. I no longer use grocery store like food produce baggies and of course I try my hardest not to ever use grocery bags as well. I bring my own reusable produce bags and grocery bags. I really try to limit my plastic usage when I'm grocery shopping too, and anything that comes in a glass jar, I always reuse it as a way to store my food in my fridge. I definitely have a lot more to learn as I'm approaching more of a zero-waste lifestyle, but I love sharing my progress with you guys along the way. I think it's really fun to learn together. I think one of the hardest two things, honestly, is fashion and skincare and beauty. I try not to really support brands that don't have great sustainability missions, whether it's for clothing or um, skincare. And I recently discovered this skincare company called Made With, which is basically a website where you create your skincare profile and there's experts that pick out skincare specifically for your needs and they're all natural with high quality ingredients in every skincare product that they recommend and have on their site is sustainably sourced and sustainably packaged, which makes 
like going sustainable with skincare way less daunting because like I said earlier I've had really severe eczema and haven't really been able to find sustainable alternatives to the products that I've been using so if you're curious about better more sustainable packaged skincare products and they also have really natural ingredients, I would highly recommend checking them out. I will link them in my um, podcast description for this episode. All right, that concludes today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening and continuing to support Intuition and Fruition. I had so much fun. Thank you for joining my first ever solo episode. I think I might do it again. It was actually kind of enjoyable. So if you liked it, please let me know. Share it with your friends. Tag it in an Instagram story. It would mean the world to me to hear what you think and share it with your followers. You guys can find me at Shelb Says on Instagram and TikTok. Until next time, I will see you guys in roughly three weeks from now.